Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for those that have come out to worship with us. We thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed. And we just want to ask for your presence as we look into your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our heart and grow thereby. We bless you and acknowledge you, God, this day. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Episode number three. Episode number three of our series called Ghost. And a ghost, if you remember, is an apparition uh, or supernatural appearance of a person or a thing. And is believed to appear to manifest to the living, typically as nebulous, which means hazy, where you can't really make it out. And one of the things that happens when we see a ghost is it initiates fear. And so what we're going to actually be talking about is overcoming fear. And we have looked at how fear, which is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger or evil or pain, whether the threat is real or imagined the feeling or condition of being afraid and we're going to look in the Bible and we're going to see a situation where this occurred and we're going to talk about how to overcome that fear we talked about how if we don't understand how to deal with fear that it can grow and it can become so prevalent in our lives that it goes into what we call a phobia. And you remember we talked about the phobia. The phobia is nothing more of fear of whatever it is that you have fear of. For instance, if you are afraid of heights, then the phobia is the fact that you are afraid of your fear of the heights. So now it complicates even more. It then becomes overwhelming. It becomes controlling. It becomes to the point where it makes you inept, impotent, where you can't do anything. There are folks that are afraid to go outside. There are folks that are afraid to be in uh, interaction with other people. There are folks that are afraid of cats or dogs. Or There's a lot of different things that folks are afraid of. And if we do not put our fear in check, it goes to that extreme where we call it the phobia. But the point I wanted to bring out in this whole series was the fact is that we need to spend a lot of, we, we, we spend a lot of time focusing on the result of fear in lieu of looking at what is the root of the fear. What is causing me to have this fear? And so we have to come up with this mindset that if something is causing us to have fear, the first thing that we need to do is face it, then we trace it, and then we erase it. We face it, we look it straight in the face, and we deal with the fear. 
then after we face it, we look at why this fear has come into our lives. Then we begin to do the steps to erase it from out of our lives. And when we erase it out of our lives, then we have victory. But if you remember when we did the first episode, I said I wanted to give you the remedy before we talked about the issues because I want us to all understand that there is a remedy. There is victory over fear. And we went to 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, the 16th and the 17th verses. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, the 16th and 17th verses, English Standard Version says it like this. It says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. When you are in Christ, the old things no longer have authority in your life. You now have new life in him. And the thing is that if we have not faced, traced, and erased the old things, then they try to come along with you in your newness. So we want to deal with them and put them in their proper place, which is behind us, all right? So as we're going through today, I just want you to know that there's three specific areas that fear really manifests in the lives of people today. Fear of people. Fear of rejection and fear of failure. Fear of people, which is what we talked about last week. Fear of rejection, which is what we're going to talk about today. And next week, guess what we're going to talk about? Fear of failure. And so we're going to Matthew, the 14th chapter, the 22nd through the 33rd verses. And it is a very familiar uh, set of scriptures because I've been saying it for the past two weeks. But uh, I want us to really look into this through that scope of facing it, tracing it, and erasing it, and seeing what has occurred in this situation. Matthew, the 14th chapter, starting at that 22nd verse. It says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, 
took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. Today we're going to talk about the fear of rejection. I'm not talking about playing on the basketball court and you block a shot and you throw it across the court and you get a chance to laugh. That's, that is a form of rejection. But I'm talking about this condition whereby you are afraid of not being accepted. The word rejection within itself means a, a, a dismissing or a refusal of a proposal or an idea. In the Bible, rejection means to be uh, to be thrown back, to be abandoned, to be given up. Remember when we were talking in Bible study, we were talking about that Jesus was the chief cornerstone that the builders rejected. That means they tried to get rid of Jesus, but Jesus then became all that God had called for him to be. So he became not only the chief cornerstone, but he became the cornerstone that established the foundation forever and ever. So Rejection is not something new. It has happened time and time again. Have we ever been the slowest person growing up and or the person that was not the most coordinated? And when we went to play with some of our friends, we were the last one picked. And if it was odd, we didn't get picked. We were rejected. When we tried out for an athletic team for our schools and we didn't quite make it and we looked for our name on the list and it wasn't there and we felt abandoned and set aside and left rejected. As we got older we wanted to hang out with the folks that everybody wanted to hang out with, but because we may not have had the same type of clothing that they had, or we may not have lived in the same area that they lived in, they didn't want to hang around with us, so we got rejected. So rejection is always around us. Rejection is always looking for this opportunity to make us feel less than what we really are. So we have to look at this as we look at what happened. Jesus told the disciples, hey, I'm, I need to take some time for myself and I'm going to go ahead and have y'all go ahead and cross the lake. I'll catch up with you a little bit later. Y'all just go ahead and go on. They jumped in and got in the boat and they're going across and nighttime comes and it's really hard because we're going counter to the normal progression of things and the wind's blowing up against the boat and it's causing some complications. So it's a bit, taking us a little bit longer than usual. And we're kind of tired because we've been rowing for a while and we're feeling a little bit dejected because now we're wet and, man, where's Jesus at? And come on now, let's get on across this so we can go ahead and get us some sleep. And around about 3 o'clock in the morning, look across the water and something coming at us. 
and it looks like a man. Wait a minute, that's a ghost. And there's a ghost coming again. It's going to drown us in the sea. Oh, no, we're going to die. And they feel abandoned. They feel like they're left alone. And then they hear Jesus say, Take heart. It is I. Do not fear. And then Peter decides to say this. He says, Lord, because I ain't sure if it's really you, but Lord, if it is you, tell me to come out there where you are. Let me be where you are. Now, I know the rest of them guys are like, I ain't saying, no, man, I'm already scared. And he says, come. Now, I want to I wanna kind of tell you that this was not no bass fishing boat. These boats had some big size, so Peter had to climb up to get out the boat. He climbs up. He gets out, and I'm quite sure he was doing his leg like this, trying to, you know, feel something solid, and he's on the water. And as he's walking, he's walking toward Jesus. Now, where is he walking? He's walking on the water. And he's walking toward Jesus. And so I want to take a quick side no, drive down this alley real quick. And I just want you to know something. That if you ask God, and he says yes, guess what? You can do it. If you ask God, and he says yes, you can do it. For instance, David and his mighty men had got into a situation where the enemy had came in and stole everything that they had. And when they stole everything they had, David and them, the Bible says that they were so disheartened, they were so rejected, they were so abandoned that these mighty warriors were sitting up there crying. And as they were crying... They got mad at David. They got mad at the leader who had lost this just as much as they had, but because he was the leader, they got mad at him. They said, let's just kill David. Now, it wasn't going to make nothing better, but I guess that's how they were going to try to make themselves feel better. But it says that David stopped and encouraged himself in the Lord. And once he encouraged himself in the Lord, he reflected back on all the things that God had did for him before and realized that God can do something for me today. So he says, Lord, shall we pursue? He says, yes, and you will recover everything. Now, not only did they pursue, not only did they recover, but they recovered their stuff plus the stuff, the other stuff that the folks stole and had the victory. So when we ask God and he says yes, what we see sometimes is not the full totality of everything that he has for us. Because if God was to reveal it all to us, we would 
feel as if we are too insignificant to accomplish it. So he didn't say, Peter, get out and walk on the water. He just said, come. You, you see what I'm saying? Because if he just said, Peter, get out and walk on the water, Peter would be like, wait a minute, I can't walk on water. But he just said, come. And Peter gets out there and he's walking. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm on the water. And guess what happened? He got scared. When he got scared, guess what happened? He started sinking. When he started sinking, guess what he did? Got more scared. Because if you remember, before Jesus got there, they was rowing. They was fighting against this, and it was all against him, and they were having all these complications going on, all these problems. And then he's out there in the middle of it. That's a song I, that we sung a couple days ago, huh? In the middle of it. But anyway, so as they were going, and Peter's like, I'm sinking. I want you to understand this. When you ask God, he says go, it doesn't mean it's going to be a walk in the park. It doesn't mean it's just going to, you're just going to skip to my loo to get it and make it happen. There's some effort. There's some faith that you have to have to confidence in knowing that God is going to work this out for my good, his glory, so that we can celebrate his goodness. We shouldn't be fearful of rejection. We should know that we have victory over rejection. Why? Because we are new creations in Christ. And because we're new creations in Christ, guess what? John said it simply like this. He said, you know what? Greater is he that is in you than anything that's happening outside of you. Your external circumstances doesn't have victory over what you have inside of you. You hear what I'm saying? It does not. When you have this relationship with Jesus, when you're this newness in him, you have victory. Now, I have been in some battles. I have had the experience of going across the water and serving this country. And sometimes it looked like things were not going appropriately. We have lost some people that we didn't expect to lose. But we still fought on and had victory. So there's some things that we have to go through. There's some processes that we have to go through. There's some things that we're going to go along the way that are going to be trying to pull us away from us achieving what God said that we are going to achieve. You got to remember, your enemy you got an enemy. You have an adversary who's trying to prevent you from understanding, comprehending, grabbing hold of who you are in Christ Jesus. Let me go on just a little bit more. So as he's going forward, he's sinking. He says, Lord, help me. And the next word says this. It says in verse number 31, it says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, I'm not, I, I don't want you to necessarily take that as a negative thing, what Jesus said. I want you to understand this. He had faith. 
to step out of the boat. He had faith to walk on the water. He had faith to keep stepping toward Jesus. But when he got distracted, when he got lost of focus, when he got pulled, doubt came in. And he began to sink. Jesus didn't say he lost faith. He just said he had a little bit. And he says, if you have, you know, I, I was talking to my family about the size of, now, the Bible, some of the verses say the size of a grain of a mustard seed. If you've ever seen a mustard seed, a grain of a mustard seed is, is very, very small. A mustard seed is, is tiny. You, if I had it on my fingertip, you couldn't even see it right now. That, that's how small it is. But if you knew how big a mustard seed plant God. It's not, a, it's not a bush. It's a tree. I was showing the family. I said, I just want y'all to understand. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying that this is all the faith that you need in order to get all this result. And so Peter had the significant amount of faith. However, what happened was this doubt was able to come in and begin to maneuver him to a point whereby he couldn't be effective in achieving what God had for him to achieve. Because his goal was to get to Jesus. That was the goal, to get to Jesus. But Jesus reached down, said, come on. Secured him. He felt safe in Jesus. And then it says in the verse 32, it says, and when they got into the boat, what happened? The wind stopped. All that nonsense stopped. When Jesus got into their presence, everything stopped. It was teaching them, showing them, revealing to them that they have victory over fear when they're with Jesus. When you know that you have Christ in your life, you know that fear may come, but fear can't stay. Fear only stays when you allow it to stay. Now, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that you all wrong and messed up in the head if you have some things that you're afraid of. But I'm saying what we have to do is we have to face it, we have to trace it, then we can erase it because we understand that we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. There are some things that God desires for all of his children to be able to do. But the enemy throws all kind of winds, all kind of turbulence, all kind of things, bringing up the time you wouldn't pick for the kickball team up, you know, all these little things that were, these things of rejection that were brought upon you to keep you bound from you even stepping out of the boat. And if you don't step out of the boat, then you can't validate the little bit of faith you have. If you can't validate the little bit of faith you have, then you can't have Jesus to come into your situation to help you to achieve what he has for you to achieve. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But the key, the key is having a relationship with Jesus. Now, I believe in 
our minds having power over our bodies. I believe in that. I believe that's how God designed us. But I know that God designed our spirit to rule over our mind. And so if you're not in the right order, then you're going to have disorder. If your spirit, which is led by God, so that means you first have to have Christ in your life so that your spirit can be regenerated so that it can operate in the perception that God has designed it to operate. Because the things in the spirit are more real than the things that we can touch, taste, feel with our senses. So when we understand this, once we get ourselves in the right position, when fear comes, it, it's going to come. But what happens is we know we have victory. We know we can walk through this. It didn't say that once they saw Jesus and once Jesus said, come, that the wind ceased. It didn't cease until Jesus was able to get to the boat. And Peter wanted a life lesson while Jesus was coming to the boat. And so he got his life lesson. And he was able to have this victory. So I want to tell you today quite simply this. In Psalms, the 91st chapter, it says it like this. It says that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, the King James Version says, dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. ESV says, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We will be able to say, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. I know I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it out of memory, y'all, so I might be not be saying it the way ESV said. But this is, the, this is the most important thing. It says, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. When you're going through it, whether it's rejection, whether it's people, whether it's failure, whatever you're going through, God is able to deliver. But this is the issue. We got to know that he's able and trust that he's going to do it. Remember, faith is having confidence that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. If he says you're going to be victorious, you have to trust, even when the winds of defeat are all around you, that you're going to have victory somehow in this situation. So this is what I want to leave you all with. Face it, trace it, and erase it. Face it, trace it, and erase it. Face it, trace it, and erase it. You know I'm going to say it one more time. Face it, trace it, and erase it. God has designed you delegated you, distinguished you to have victory. Designed you to have victory. 
designated you to have victory. And he has even delegated his victory to you. So you have victory. However, you have to walk in that victory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time and just for this word of encouragement that we have victory over the fear of rejection. We thank you, God, that we will apply this face it, trace it, erase it so that you can help us to achieve all the victory that you have for our lives. We thank you, Father, for it now. We honor you for it. And we thank you for just arming us even more knowing that if we dwell in your secret place, that you will deliver us. We bless you and honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.